1: our 2021 conference call at this time all participants are in a listen-only mode after the speaker's presentation there will be a question and answer session to ask a question during the session you will need to press star one on your telephone if you require any further assistance please press star zero please be advised that today's conference is being recorded i would now like to hand the conference over to your speaker today stephen sadler chairman and ceo please go ahead
2: good morning everybody I'm here today with Vince Massoud, President, Doug Bryson, VP Finance, Todd May, VP Legal Counsel, and Sam Manager, VP Corporate Development. Before we begin, I will have Todd read our forward disclaimer.
0: Certain
3: statements made may be forward looking. By their nature, such forward looking statements are subject to various risks and uncertainties, including those in NCHA's continuous disclosure filings, such as its AIF, which could cause companies' actual results and experience to differ materially from anticipated results or other expectations. Under reliance should not be placed on forward looking statements, and the information and company has no obligation to update or revise any forward looking information, whether as a result of new information, future events, or otherwise.
2: Thanks, Todd. Doug will now give an overview of the financial results. Thanks, Steve. Yesterday, NCHOS announced its second quarter unaudited financial
4: results for the period ended April 30th, 2021. All the financial information is in Canadian dollars unless otherwise indicated. The financial and operational highlights for the three and six months ended April 30th, 2021 compared to the three and six months ended April 30th, 2020 are as follows. Revenue achieved was 117.3 million, and 236.4 million respectively compared to the record revenue of 140.9 million in the second quarter of last year and 251.6 million year to date last year. Results from operating activities were 36.9 million and 77.6 million respectively compared to 46.3 million and 77.1 million. Net income was 20.7 million and 41.4 million respectively compared to 27.1 million and 43.2 million. Adjusted EBITDA was 40.2 million and 84.7 million respectively compared to 49.3 million and 84.6 million. Cash flows from operating activities excluding changes in working capital was 42.6 million and 84.3 million respectively compared to 50 million and 85.2 million. Although revenue for the quarter achieved was 117.3 million compared to record revenue of 140.9 million in the, in the same period in the prior year, Enshows continues to generate positive cash flows, operating income, and profitability. The decline in revenue was driven primarily by the prior year's significant increase in our video business that has now returned to levels more consistent with pre-COVID volumes. Enshows continues to expand its cloud offerings and has implemented new initiatives aimed at increasing sales of cloud-based products while offering choice to its customers by providing multi-tenant cloud, private cloud, and on-premise solutions to the market. As previously announced on April 28th, ENCHO signed a $29 million multi-year agreement with the Norwegian government to update its National Emergency Fire Services technology system. The eight-year agreement builds on the success of the Norwegian market with the $55 million 12-year agreement with the Norwegian healthcare announced in October 2020. The company closed the quarter with $169.6 million in cash, cash equivalents and in short-term investments, and no debt after paying $90.5 million in dividends during the quarter. As always, NCHOS prioritizes its long-term growth strategy over quarter-to-quarter results, investing in products while ensuring continued profitability and maximizing operating cash flows. As a result, NCHOS has replenished its acquisition capital while returning $83.2 million in special dividends to shareholders. Yesterday... May the board of directors approved the company's eligible quarterly dividend of 16 cents per common share payable on August 31st, 2021, to shareholders of record at the close of business on August 17, 2021.
2: I'll now turn the call back to Mr. Sadler. Steve? Thanks, Doug. Vince will now give some operational highlights for the quarter.
5: Thank you, Steve, and welcome everyone to our Q2 2021 conference call. As Doug mentioned, Enshows had another strong earnings quarter with an adjusted EBITDA of $40.2 million, achieving 34.3% of sales and strong cash flows from operations uh, uh, before working capital of $42.6 million. This represents our fifth consecutive quarters of exceeding $40 million of EBITDA. The strong earnings and cash flow performance was achieved despite lower demand in our video business, which we believe speaks to our company's ability to manage costs and ensure they are in line with revenue, ultimately providing long-term sustainability to our business, business, benefiting our shareholders, employees, customers, and and suppliers. During the quarter, we did experience a spike in demand for our professional services with our highest quarterly revenue achieved of 18.5 million. And I'll speak later to what is driving the demand in each of our vertical businesses. One of the advantages we have as our company is the diversity in terms of the verticals and geographic markets we operate in, enabling us to perform well when demand for B2B enterprise software shifts between markets and verticals. Our video business experienced a massive rise in volume and demand at the start of COVID in Q2 2020, followed by a fall that we've seen over the last few quarters. Demand for our video platform as a solution that technology companies integrate into their software and hardware products continues to be good and an important part of our business. Video rooms hardware demand and its related hardware support which is used primarily by enterprise customers has declined significantly since the start of COVID. We believe demand for video rooms hardware will continue to be low until businesses decide on their final mix of employees working from home or in the office. Our overall view on video is that we have now returned to more normal levels of volumes and are through the COVID-related fluctuation. For the contact center business, our differentiation continues to be focused around offering choice for our customers, being one of the only companies in the market that provides multi-tenant cloud, private cloud, and on-prem. Currently, we are seeing more interest and in demand for our cloud offering. In particular, our multi-tenant cloud that we recently began to offer directly to the market, as well as continue to provide through our network of service provider partners, is experiencing more demand. We believe this is the result of the overall contact center market accelerating its move to the cloud, as agents in many parts of the world continue to work from home. One of the other trends we're seeing in the contact center business is more demand for our professional services as customers request our assistance in migrating to the, to the cloud and move, the, move to MS Teams as their UCAS platform from Skype and other premise-based communication platforms. Q2 was our first full quarter of post-acquisition of Altitude. The acquisition is progressing well, and we're particularly happy with the engineering team that we inherited in Portugal. we were were able to leverage the strong, talented team, and some of these engineers have been quickly able to contribute positively to our product roadmap of other inch-house cloud products. Turning now to a few highlights in, in the asset management group, as Doug mentioned, at the end of the quarter on April 28th, we announced the signing of another large public safety deal with the Norwegian government to update its national emergency fire services technology. This $29 million deal is another great win earned by our public safety team and this, this deal was in addition to the October 2020 announcement of the large $55 million deal to deliver medical emergency services. Both of these projects represent a considerable amount of revenue backlog in our public safety business as only a nominal amount of revenue has previously been recognized. Our telecom business is experiencing normal demand for OSS infrastructure solutions and some positive demand for BSS, IPTV, and professional services. The growth in BSS is driven by the emergence, partly by the emergence of mobile virtual network operators that are looking to leverage their large cu- customer bases. As an example, in the quarter, we added a new customer in the insurance industry that are providing mobile offerings to their customers to drive more revenue. Added professional services demand is also being driven by our telecom customers transitioning our Ench on-prem BSS solutions to the cloud. On the transit market, ridership continues to be down significantly compared to pre-COVID. However, our primary transit product off- offering is, auto- is our automated fare collection product, enabling cashless contactless payments. And we view this as an area in the transit market that will continue to have demand, given its public safety benefits. We continue to build out our transit product suite, adding EMV, mobile ticketing, and IoT features to expand this business into new geographic markets. Let me turn the call
2: now over to Mr. Steve Sadler. Thanks, Vince. As Doug and Vince noted, our operations remain financially strong with good cash flow and a strong balance sheet. We completed the acquisition of Altitude, December 20th, and Q2 was the first full quarter that this acquisition was included in our financial results. It operated as anticipated in terms of revenue and profitability. In fact, the operating income was a little better than expected. We expect this business to be operating at our normal EBITDA percentage next quarter, Earlier than normal, earlier than our normal time pr- frame from a- for acquisitions. After the quarter, we announced the completion of a small tuck-in acquisition in the survey and community marketplace, which is being combined with our Servox business in the U.S. No financial results were included from this operation in the quarter. We continue to focus on capital deployment during our due d- doing our due diligence remotely. The acquisition pipeline is strong, which is positive, although although the company values looking to be acquired have increased with strong public markets, low interest rates, and stimulus. It makes it a little tougher to do deals within our financial parameters, but opportunities are not getting done at these higher levels in our marketplace. As a result, opportunities are taking a little longer to be successfully completed. We continue to maintain our financial discipline when reviewing acquisition opportunities. We believe higher global taxes and the possibility of increasing interest rates will provide significant opportunities within our financial parameters. I would now like to open the call for questions.
1: At this time, we'd like to take any questions you may have for us today. To ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. And your first question is from Daniel Chan with TD Securities. Your line is open.
0: Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
2: Hi, good
6: morning, guys. Um, So you're still pushing uh, on the cloud. Uh, Sounds like uh, there's still a lot of demand for your cloud solutions. How far along would you say your products are to satisfying your customers' cloud needs? Just trying to get a sense of whether you're seeing any risk of these customers turning over to a cloud-native competitor.
5: Hey, Daniel, this is Vince. Yeah, so our product is quite mature. It's been in the market through our service providers for many, many years. Uh, we have literally thousands and thousands of agents on, the, on our NCHELS cloud product. Um, the only new thing is we stood up our own cloud you know, a few quarters ago. So we're, when customers, our existing customers that we deal directly with want a cloud solution, we offer them the choice of going to our cloud offering. So the, the, the product's fully functional. It's been in the market for many years, and it's fully featured, competitive with other cloud, multi-tenant cloud vendors in the market. Okay, thanks. That's helpful. Um,
6: and then just on that point where you said um, for customers that want their own uh, cloud rather than through a uh, service provider is there any risk that you're competing with some of these telcos that are offering contact center as a service? And if there is, how do you, how do you kind of
5: carve out the market uh, relative to what they're addressing? Yeah. So most of the service providers that offer that actually use inch house. So we have a lot of the world's leading service providers that white label our, our product and offer it as a contact center as a service. And the way we seg- segment the market is we, we work closely with our partners and we go by verticals. So we'll go directly in some verticals and they'll go directly in other verticals. So we, we work closely with them and, and minimize channel conflict that way. Great. Thank you.
1: Your next question is from Stephanie Price with CIBC. Your line is open. Good
3: morning. I was hoping you could talk a little bit about the hosted and maintenance uh, revenue line. So the press release mentioned video as an impact, but it also had a comment about customers adjusting their software requirements. Um, just curious, if you could expand on that a bit.
2: Yeah, just just as a comment, as Vince has said before, the uh, you know our maintenance, for example, in the video part where we had video rooms, it's down quite a bit, so it's. It's caused that line to go down in uh, on our financial results. We expect as things open up and we go back to premises that will come back up. We also had a couple of let's say large uh, clients that were hanging on in the transportation area and the retail area. Uh, and when the third wave hit, they basically stopped or went out of business. In one, and the other one, they just stopped using the services because it was an airline that wasn't really having much business so the numbers down but our future is still fine.
3: Okay sounds good and then can you talk a little bit about the you Norway Fire Infrastructure contract that you signed and, and just wondering about any other opportunities um, in that region and in the transportation division at this point.
5: Okay. Yeah so as, as we mentioned these two deals are, are fairly large So there's a lot of uh, revenue backlog to deliver in the the near future. So the focus is currently on delivering those two large projects. Uh, The other area of transit that we're looking to geographically expand is the automated fare collection market. And that's the product and suite that we are focused on selling
2: in many markets in the world currently. Yeah, The one item uh, that we should mention and clarify, the numbers we provided you is the contract that we won. We're already getting additional revenue from changes they want made to what was originally proposed. So it's not all in. It's a matter of this is the contract for delivering what they put out originally, but we're already getting additional revenue and services requests to do additional work.
3: Okay, that's helpful. Thanks. And and just finally for me, on the margins in the IMG division, are these kind of normalized margins here, or how do you think about the margin profile um, this quarter and maybe going forward?
2: Uh, On the IMG, it's pretty steady, so they're probably pretty normal, I would say. It always depends on our revenue mix. Uh, The more license um, or software that we do direct has higher margins, of course. Um, and again, it also depends on maintenance. The SAS side generally have a little, little bit lower margins because it's right now is quite a competitive market with uh, pricing being still tough in that area. So it just depends on the mix, but you can probably use the uh, margin numbers pretty normal.
3: Great, thank you very much.
1: Your next question is from Paul Seas with Scotia Capital. Your line is open. Great, Good morning.
6: Um, Maybe just to key on some of the topics we've talked about in the past on cloud, I know you're agnostic and just want to deliver to clients, but could you give us a sense of how much the business has maybe moved to the cloud in IMG and AMG, where you think that
2: maybe goes over the next couple of years? I'll give a brief one and let Vince let talk to maybe a little more detail on it. Um, on the AMG, very little goes to the cloud. They're generally direct. It's generally uh, OSS, BSS type uh, systems that we sell. So really not much cloud there. Some competitors are trying to go to the cloud, but they're having difficulty getting a a market there. On IMG, it is moving to the cloud. Uh, Again, we offer both, whatever the customers want. Um, My comment would be that I think we've got to learn how to sell more uh, into the cloud. while in the past, we did a lot through channels and on-premise type systems. Um, we've hired the direct sales. We're going more direct in the cloud, but it takes a little time to ramp that up. Last year, we were basically ready to go. Vincent put some uh, of the pieces in place, and then the COVID hit. So, so that gets tough to do. So we've sort of got delayed a year, but I still feel pretty confident uh that we're ready. It's just a matter of of getting out there and executing it. We have the software, we have the products. Um, We just got to get more into execution on the sales and marketing side.
5: Yeah. And just to add to Steve's comments, so the video product, we sell a lot of that in the cloud. We get a lot of requests for our video multi-tenant cloud. And IPTV, uh, which I touched on last quarter, that's pretty much all cloud centric. So, it's, uh, it's it is moving the the area of contact center as a service, unified
2: communication as a service is is moving more aggressively to the cloud. Yeah, just another comment. In the pandemic, when you're not you know going on site and people aren't running on their own premises, the cloud is a little easier. So you could see that revenue in that area really hasn't been impacted very much. Um, but On-prem has, which we've done more of, and our position is we can sell either. We have products that do both. That makes sense. And just
6: to key on the one comment you said there, Steve, and I think I know the answer, but it's worth hearing you articulate it. In terms of building up that direct cloud sales force, unlike others, I assume you're going to be pretty measured and going after that, and we, we shouldn't expect that IMG margins... Um, take a big hit if you upfront invest. I'm assuming you invest only if you're seeing you know, significant demand. But
2: just to clarify, see, yeah, I like those, I like those questions where you ask me the question and then you give me the answer. So the answer is yes. You're right.
6: <laughs> just checking. All right. Um, actually, the, the last one for Vince here. Vince on public safety. What's the opportunity or what's unique in those contracts in the Scandinavian countries that could maybe take to other markets or are they unique requirements just to, to those geographies? Thanks, guys.
5: Yeah. I mean, our, our unique advantage there is we have a lot of credibility in that market. We have a track record and the way our solution is designed, uh, these systems are quite complex so they got to integrate with a lot of systems. So. Think about um, integrating with, you know, your fo- your lights so that you can max, you know, optimize the routes to the emergency situations. You're you're integrating to databases around people's health, etc. So we're really good at having a very open system that has lots of APIs to connect into multiple systems. And so that's kind of part of the reason we won, plus our credibility in the market. Great.
1: Thanks, guys. Again, if you would like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. Your next question is from Paul Trebler with RBC Capital Markets. Your line is open.
3: Oh, thanks very much and good morning. I just wanted to focus on the video uh, for a couple of questions here. You know, with the hardware versus, I guess, the, the, the subscription or the services business of video – could you, uh, you know, you mentioned the total revenue of is, is basically back to pre-COVID levels. Can you speak to, you know, how those two different moving parts, that, that, what impact that had over the last year, hardware versus the services business, or the,
5: sorry, the subscription business? Yeah, so the, the hardware business, like I mentioned, has gone down dramatically, almost down to nothing. Uh, we had hardware, we were selling hardware rooms to enterprises along with the support that you need for the hardware rooms. So that just as as uh, you know, COVID sort of continued, people just didn't renew those uh, support contracts and stop buying hardware rooms for their enterprise. In the video business, where we're strong on the subscription side is in telehealth. So what happened there is, you know, there was a buying uh, surge where, where a lot of the hospitals that use us bought tons of capacity not knowing where that where it was going to land so they sort of bought in anticipation of massive amounts of video calls with doctors and then as it sort of leveled out they just renewed according to the volumes they needed so that's sort of what happened so you had this kind of lift massive lift and then normalization over four quarters
3: and just to, to put some numbers or to try to quantify it a bit better, like how large was the hardware business pre-COVID? And then when you look at the telehealth business, uh, you know, has that grown versus pre-COVID levels?
5: Yeah. So the telehealth business is up on the subscription side relative to pre-COVID. It's, it is up slightly. Uh, the hardware is just down dramatically.
3: Okay, and when I mean you paid two years ago for Video, you paid forty million dollars. You know, when you look at the free cash flow that Video has generated over the last two years, have you gotten to the break-even point yet on that acquisition? Or, or looking at it another way, you know, how's the IRR tracking on that acquisition relative to when you bought it? Your expectations when you bought it?
2: Yeah, we're doing very well on that. Uh, I guess that's a good news out of the pandemic for us. We we basically got all our money back already. So we go to a five- or six-year payback, that one was probably, well, maybe one more quarter, but it was just over a year for a payback.
3: Okay, yeah, that's great to hear. Um, this is a lot for me. Just on the expense side, looking at uh, SG&A and R&D on a sequential basis, sg and declined slightly sequentially, but R&D increased. Could you explain uh, some of the moving parts there?
2: Yeah, part of the R&D, remember what Vince said. We bought Altitude uh, on December 30, and they had quite a large R&D group, and normally we would rationalize that, but they had what we thought was talented people, so we actually took a lot of their team and redeployed it into our other groups for now. So that covered any openings or a lot of the openings we had and give us some additional staff to move our products ahead a little bit faster. So it moved up mainly because of the acquisition. It's not like we're adding in all places. It's just we filled openings faster. A lot of people are having difficulty finding technical staff. Um, The Altitude gave us quite a few additional staff that we deployed not only in helping in the IMG group with the they did, but also in other groups as well. So that's why that went up um, a little bit more than other items. Yeah, thank you. That's helpful.
1: We have no further questions this time. I turn the call back to presenters for closing remarks.
2: Well, thank you, everybody, and Charles. Can- continues to have a strong financial position to execute our capital allocation and business strategy even after paying out over 90 million of dividends in the most recent quarter we continue to build on our journey thank you for your attending the call and your continued support
1: this concludes today's conference you may now disconnect